Ever feel unable to focus, tired, and just low on energy? We understand that feeling. We understand it so well that the Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by the Couch Guys Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by gamers for gamers. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boost when you need it most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head over to www.shockenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavor box or even their watermelon flavor box. Oh, and don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Get your shocked energy today and let us help you gain your focus and energy back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us and how you're listening to us. Thank you for making the Sports and the World Podcast part of your day. I'm Medeiros. Hope all of you are well and safe out there today. And lots to get to. Of course, NFL, we're in the divisional round at this stage in the game. Talk a little wrestling. And in Browns Big Picture, we're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. But let's begin. Now, looking at these divisional round playoff games, these are four pretty good games. Like the Wild Card Weekend, it was, it was good, maybe not as exciting, you know, especially how Buffalo handled New England and how Tampa Bay handled Philly, you know, for example. But, you know, the Raiders-Bengals game was very interesting toward the end there. But all in all, it was, it was a good weekend of football. It's not just football, it's a good weekend of football. But let's talk about this divisional round. Let's talk about, let's start in the AFC. The fourth-seeded Bengals travel to Tennessee to play the Titans. Now, the Titans are three-and-a-half-point favorites here. And what's interesting here is that Derrick Henry could play in this game. If he plays in this game, that's a game-changer. Derrick Henry, think about this. And this is a credit to Mike Vrabel. This is a credit to to everybody in the organization. Because when Derrick Henry went down, they could have folded up shop. And they would have still been a playoff team but definitely not a one seed. And they sustained and held on to the one seed. And here they're in a position where now they get arguably one of the best, if not the best running back, the back in the league. And one of the best players in the league in Derrick Henry to add for the Super Bowl push. Now, what's interesting here, and to me there's, in this game, to me it's the X factor is Joe Burrow obviously for Cincinnati. And the X Factor actually for me, Tennessee, Derrick Henry's obvious. But to me, another X Factor in terms of a unit is going to be Tennessee's secondary. It's really tight in secondary because when you look at the weapons that this Cincinnati offense has, you know, Jamar Chase, they got T. Higgins, they got CJ Uzo, the tight end. There, they got Tyler Boyd, 
they're running three deep at receiver and pretty good tight end. It's CJ Uzma. Uzma, excuse me. That's going to be a test for Mike Vrabel's secondary because they've never really been tested from that point of view in terms of their secondary being tested. So that's something to look out for. And But for Cincinnati, to me, that offensive line has to play better because Mike Vrabel knows if, if they can get to Joe Burrow, they have it's it could be game over because Joe Burrow I think he's I believe he's the I believe he's he leads the lead in sacks you know in most sack quarterback in the NFL he gets hit he get he gets hit a lot and so that to me is something to look out for but when I look at this matchup a part of me really wants to believe Cincinnati because listen, winning their first playoff game for the first time in 30 years, over 30 years, this team is is is, is a is a bunch where Joe Burrow, the confidence. This team is not your typical Bungles. They're the Bengals now. You got to throw some respect on that name now. If, if you know, <laughs> for those outside of Cincinnati, you got to respect them. But I can't see Tennessee losing at home. Especially, you know, with a chance of Derrick Henry there. I think they could possibly win this game even without Derrick Henry. But that to me would be a factor. So with Derrick Henry, assuming Derrick Henry is going to play, I'm assuming maybe the game time decision maybe is questionable. Give me give me Tennessee in that matchup. Now in the other in another, you know, AFC matchup. This is probably one probably the game, the primo game. And that's third seed of Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. When I look at this matchup, whatever the over is on this game, take the over because the Chiefs are just a point and a half favorite as of now, as of this recording. So when I look at this matchup, to me, the only question marks that I have is for the Kansas City Chiefs. I need that defense. Listen, they don't have to be the best defense in the league, but they improved from what we saw in the first half of the regular season, and they picked it up toward the back end of the season because they knew their defense was going to make or break how far they got. They won the AFC West. You, you could argue on the strength of how their defense played. Obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes kind of a mini, you know, game, but for the most part, Steve Spagnuolo and this defense got better. Especially, especially on the front seven, you know, seeing Christian, they got better. But when I look at Buffalo, to me, you got Devin Singletary. It's the run game. This essentially boils down to, I know how good these offenses are. Offenses are. They're two top ten, borderline top five offenses in football. I know how good they are offensively. I don't need to tell you that. You know that. If you're part of Bill's Mafia or or Chief's Kingdom, you already know. What I'm saying is just fodder. You know. You know that. But to me, when I look at this matchup, I look at Sean McDermott, the defensive-minded head coach, which is Andrew Reed, the offensive-minded head coach. Because to me, I'm not saying, well, Bo, you can be successful. I guess the takeaway is you can be successful no matter what the mindset of your coach is, 
it's about the philosophy of the team uh, and the philosophy of the head coach. It's not necessarily designated to offense or defense, it's what do they bring. And when I look at Sean McDermott, I'm looking at a team that looks, defensively they look great. Offensively, you know, lights out. Especially if you take that New England game, they, that New England defense was not a slouch. That was a top two defense that they took out. So let's 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 give credit what credit is due there. Now, when you look at full circle, when you look at Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes has more touchdown passes in the postseason than Jim Kelly. There's some Hall of Famers. Patrick Mahomes could go down as one of the greatest postseason quarterbacks of all time. And there's a good chance that the one thing in order for them to get back to compete, to get back to the Super Bowl, is that if this defense, and I can't stress that enough, because they fixed the problem when they got shellacked by Tampa, that offensive line, they got better in the offseason, better than most teams do. They got better. They went out, signed, and they drafted. They got better at the where they struggled at. For Kansas City, it's about improvement in that secondary against the Bills team. Listen, stopping Stephon Diggs. You know, you got Gabriel Davis. You got Dawson Knox. They're, they're tight end. They're using the tight end more. Like, there's talent. But if you're Kansas City, you know about Tyreek Hill. You know about Travis Kelsey. But you got guys like Nicole Hardman, Brian Pringle. This is a game about this feels, and I always say this all the time. This feels like an old time Big 12 matchup defense optional. I say it all the time. This feels like that type of game. So, whatever the over is, take the over. But this plus one and a half. So, the essential question is do I think the Chiefs can win outright? Because if I say plus one and a half, I'm kind of saying either the I'm kind of essentially saying that either Buffalo wins this game or I'm essentially saying somehow Buffalo loses by one. And I, and I look pretty good. This is tough. But if you ask me now, I'm going to say, I, boy, this, this is tough. Give me, give me Kansas City. I believe if this game was in Buffalo, I'd take Buffalo. Home field advantage matters. Like the only team that won on the road is the team that we're going to mention in a, in a second. But that's where the edge comes in. If you have to find edges, give me Kansas City here. But I think Buffalo. Do not sleep on Buffalo. Buffalo could pull this out late in the game. You know, Josh Allen has been good. so it's going to be interesting to watch on that front. Now, let's go to the NFC. Let's talk the four seeded Rams and the second seeded Buccaneers. Buccaneers three three point favorites. This to me, it's all about this. To me, I know Matt. You got Matthew Stafford. You got Tom Brady. The Rams. Listen, you got the Cooper Cup, the Triple Crown winner in receiving. You got OBJ. You you have talent. Then you have Cam Akers, a huge return for Cam Akers. Tom Brady, you you know, no Godwin, but you still have Mike Evans, you still have Gore, you you have Cameron Brady, you have weapons there, and you have Leonard Fournette who's very good in the postseason. 
this to me is about the defenses. Because in their respective games, those the defenses play exceptionally well. This comes down to Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris versus Buccaneers defensive coordinator Top Bowles. That's what it boils down for me. That's where it boils down to. It's essentially whose defense do I trust the most? Because it's interesting. And in that situation, some might lean, some might lean for the Rams. Because, you know, with Tampa, the secondary has gotten better, but that front se- listen, no one's questioning Tampa Bay's front seven. No one's questioning Shaquille Bear, you know, Jason Pierre Paul, Devin Bush. Like nobody's questioning those guys. You know, or the Dominican Sue. It's the back end. That's the question mark. Now, Philly, if Philly was a passing team, Philly could have probably had a chance at that game, but when when Philly's run game was stopped by arguably the best run defense in the league, it makes it hard for the offense to go. That being said, when I look at the Rams, and I look at Jalen Ramsey, I look at Aaron Donald, to me, this boils down to it's going to be a passing game because these two teams can relatively stop the run fairly well. Tampa Bay, obviously, better of the two. But can Matthew Stafford, who may be asked upon to throw the ball a little bit more, versus Tom Brady, who's going to sling it because, you know, the running back, that running back situation there is not ideal in terms of depth and backups there. This feels like a shootout. And which defense? Can Raheem Moore stop Tom Brady? Or can Todd Bowles somehow stop Matthew Stafford? Stopping does not mean like, you know, holding under 200 yards. It means can you hold them possibly under 300? It feels like that type of game. And for me, I lean Tampa simply because experience. We're talking Tom Brady. This guy has more playoff wins than 80% of the franchise. That's hyperbole number, but it's more. He is his own team. I believe he has 34, 35 playoff wins. Yeah, he's responsible for those. So, by look at Matthew Stafford, can he get can he get to a conference championship game? He got his first playoff win. Can he get over that hump? Now, to me, leaning Tampa. I'll say leaning Tampa. On Twitter, at Ladares underscore Brown. I'll, I'll give definitive picks and you'll see my previews of all these games and the last game and then on the NFC side six seeded 49ers in the top seeded Green Bay Packers to me six point favorites this to me feels a little bit more clear cut because of this to me when Green Bay lost to New Orleans week one they were a completely different team completely different team Aaron Rodgers figured it out. And even though he missed that crucial game against Kansas City, it goes to show you how important Aaron Rodgers is to the Green Bay Packers. To me, when you look at his touchdown to interception ratio, as a person who loves numbers and really, really nerdy, to me, when I see those numbers, I'm absolutely blown away. 
just how efficient he's been. Not just this season, but his whole career. When I look at San Francisco, there's X-Factors. Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, you got George Kittle. Jimmy G is not a slouch. So Green Bay's not going to sleep. They are, they are not going to sleep on the, on the 49ers. So don't sleep on them. But give me Green Bay because I'm getting Aaron Rodgers, I'm getting Aaron Jones, I'm getting Devontae Adams. I'm getting a team, I'm getting a team where Green Bay looks like the best team in football. Now, does the best team in football always make the Super Bowl? Yeah, no. Just like in baseball. Does the best team that year make the World Series all the time? No. In the NBA? No. But more often than not, what comes out in the wash, what goes in the wash will come out in the rinse. More often than not, and I believe this year, I believe Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, focus. Everything he's gone through this year, on and off the field, whether you agree with any of his stances, this is the mission for him. And I think he gets back to a conference championship game, which they will host if they win. They're the one seed. So essentially, they'll be playing either the Rams or the Bucks to get a rematch. So those are my predictions. So once again, give me the Titans. So basically, give me all the home teams. Now, you know, but off of San Francisco, that plus six is interesting. I don't know if I, that's interesting. It's interesting. But, but that's the NFL division round. So when we come back, we're going to take a pause for the cause. And we're going to talk about WWE changing names once again. And why it's important to understand why if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that's next here, coming up on the Sports and the World Podcast. The Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by Exogun. Ever do a workout and feel like you need a massage after? Well, get your massage without leaving the house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down. Exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Take it wherever you need it. Work, the gym, the trail, and put the power of percussion massage treatment in your hands. It's portable, adjustable, and powerful. Exogun is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery. Like we said before, you can even use it for percussion therapy. What is percussion therapy? Percussion therapy boosts muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue with a series of rapid, concentrated, pulsating strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. Get 10% off with code CGS10 at checkout. Comes with a charger and carrying case. Go get your Exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice. And welcome back into the Sports and the World Podcast final part of the show and if you've been listening this long i truly do appreciate it and also since i have you here check out all the other amazing podcasts here on the couch guide sports network all great stuff all great podcasts check it out give it a listen and you can find and listen to this episode and every episode of the sports in the world podcast not just on couch guide sports network 
Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the podcast on social media at Sports the World on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the Facebook page there, content and polls there as well. Find me on social media at Ladares underscore Brown on Twitter and on TikTok. And also find me on Instagram at Ladares double underscore Brown as well. So now let's transition into what I talked about before, you know, before the break. I love wrestling. I love wrestling. And understand, and I don't want to burst people's bubble here when I say this, but here's the thing. A lot of the wrestlers that we love, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, the boss, Sasha Banks, the man, Becky Lynch. Those aren't their names. Those are stage names. Wrestling, those are their names in wrestling. I say this to say this. Those are names, household names. We all know. We st- we call them. We call them Sasha Banks. We call them Becky Lynch, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. But they go by other people know them by other names. Outside of wrestling. So I say this to say this. Now, on NXT, Walter defeated Kyle O'Reilly in the main event so that's that's part of the story but not the full story so obviously you would say Walter won the match yeah that's fair to assume but however no 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 as Lee Corso would say not so fast my friend he took the microphone and said the winner is Gunther who was Gunther? So social media went at it. it. But here's the thing. That's Gunther's a perfectly fine name. But to me, Walter, I'm cool with calling him Walter. Like, don't try to reinvent the wheel. The wheel's purpose is you can add rims, you can add anything you want to the tire as long as you don't change the purpose of the tire. It rolls, it moves, it transports. So think about the cars you drive, the Ubers you use, a wheelbarrow, if you still use a wheelbarrow, dollies to help you live. Anyway, the point is that's the purpose of the wheel. So in that regard, don't reinvent the wheel when it comes to names. Walter was getting over, changing it to Gunther Okay, microcosm of the problem. But the real full name of what WB trademarked was Gunther Stark dot 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 a Nazi. Surely you should have known before you trademarked it that it's a Nazi. But you trademarked it anyway. Why? Walter was is getting over. And now, if he's going to be an NXT full time, I listen. I'm gonna just say this: like many wrestling fans, I'm gonna call the man Walter. That's what I know. It took me a while to stop calling Piper Niven, you know, to stop calling Dewdrop Piper Niven. But I've come around on Dewdrop because it's not that bad. You can give me Dewdrop any day of the week over Gunther. Why? Because of where I know the name comes from. 
Dewdrop is a wholesome name. No, no issues at all. But if you're WWE, you got to do better than that. You surely had to have known that that name was going to do something. And if you're fans saying you're defending it, okay, yeah, Gunther. No one's saying Gunther the first name is terrible. But what WWE really wanted to do, okay, just just think about that. And also before you go, let's jump into Brown's big picture with something else to think about. And let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. They lost Wild Card Weekend to the San Francisco 49ers. They were the only home team to lose on Wild Card Weekend. So, so once again, Dallas can't get out of the first round. Can't even sniff the conference championship game. So I see reports. Well, Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore are getting these interviews. And I do feel that at least one of them, maybe both of them, will not be the coordinator of this team going into 2022 season. And people are saying, well, you got to fire Mike McCarthy. And I go, stop. Am I saying Mike McCarthy is perfect? No, but he, you kind of lied when you said, oh, well, I watched the game and don't, no. Here's the thing. When you're looking for fault and blame and accountability, it starts with you, the person or a company or an entity. It's about accountability. Who do you blame? It's like if I wake up in the morning and you stub your toe and you say some words, well, I blame it. No, you stubbed your toe. No one else stubbed it for you. Or I feel like someone spilled something on you. Well, yeah, there's accountability because the person spilled on you accidentally or not. But I say all of that say this I love listen I I have family who is Cowboy fans I have people who I follow on social media who are Cowboys fans and what I'm about to say in this in the next five minutes or so is nothing but to me what I feel the problem is I'm on the outside looking in because if you're the inside of something you can be jaded sometimes and that's important to the point of where the blame lies Here's the thing. The Dallas Cowboys, since the 1996 season, which is their last playoff win, in the season they had a playoff win in the playoffs, they've had three playoff wins since then. So essentially three playoff wins since 1996, the last 26 years. So jump another season, you know, 27, was the season they won the Super Bowl in the 1995 season. Since their last this Barry Swartz was the last head coach to win a Super Bowl for Dallas. Six head coaches, Chan Gailey, Dave Campo, Bill Parcells, Wade Phillips, Jason Garrett, and now Mike McCarthy. Now, the names that should stand out, Bill Parcells, Wade Phillips, Jason Garrett, you know, I'm not saying Chan Gailey, Dave Campo are terrible, but for the sake of this, like Bill Parcells, Wade Phillips, Mike McCarthy, They've had experience winning, getting to change. Yeah. Whether it's coordinators or it's head coaches. But I ask you, who is the constant in all, in everything I just told you, the three playoff wins since the 96 season, the last Super Bowl winning season, the 95 season, the, the head coaches, who's the constant? 
It's Jerry Jones. And by the way, he's been the de facto general manager since he owned since he got the team in 1989. So he's been the, the de facto general manager of the team for 33 years. Think about that. He's been the de facto general manager. So really, he's making the decisions. They're 15 and 13 in the playoffs. A lot of that success came in the 90s, where you had Jimmy Johnson. And, you know, and Barry, you know, the Switzer kind of piggybacked it after, you know, things didn't work out with Jerry, you know, with Jimmy Johnson, excuse me. Here's the problem. Jerry Jones, what made the Dallas Cowboys successful in the 90s? Two things. It was drafting, and it was realistic expectations. Now, what I mean by real expectations, and that ties into the drafting. Look, Jerry Jones has an ego. I don't need to tell you. If you're a Cowboys fan, you know this. Like, there's, we know. Tell them we don't know. Sure, I'll try. What if I told you that Jerry Jones, the reason why Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones did not work, had nothing, they were successful but Jimmy Johnson still wanted out because of Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones could have played the game, understand the game, but you're an owner and you didn't let your coaches coach and you didn't hire a general manager to generally manage your team. So the problem becomes the bigger problem becomes, why won't just own the team? You can make decisions personnel-wise, hire, fire, whoever. But understand this. When you look at teams that have been consistently successful, is that they've taken a step back. I guarantee you the Roonies. You don't, they're not on, they may be asked questions about the team, but they hire general managers and the coaches to do that. They own the team. They make sure the team's in the best position to win. You're the owner. That's your job. For Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones is not only the owner, but he's the general manager. And then he tries to make sure the team. You can't be the general manager and the owner because A, you can't fire yourself, which he should. He should have did it years ago. And then secondly, you are on the you're on the inside and you're being jaded. You want Jerry wants a Super Bowl. I don't have to tell you that. But what I'm saying is, Jerry Jones has to take a step back. If the Dallas Cowboys want to be successful, he has to take a step back. I'm not saying sell the team. Take a step back. Let your son, let Stephen Jones, let somebody else be the general manager. You own the team. You make sure this team's in the best position to win. And you simply can't do that. Also, in your hiring, you hire coaches who essentially you could just run over. 
I'm not saying, like, Bill Parcells is a guy you can't run over. And that's why it didn't work with Bill Parcells. Because Bill Parcells knows football. Bill Parcells walked into that building and turned around every franchise he's ever coached. Whether it's the New York Giants, whether the New York Jets, or the New England Patriots. But Bill was like, look, I know football. I have Super Bowls. I'm a Hall of... Jerry, let me run this. Let me coach. Let me build the roster. But Jerry kept putting his hands in. And at some point, that has to stop. If you're a Cowboys fan, it has to stop. Because at some point, you're not going to get to where you want to go until your owner learns to just stop. To just stop. He wants to win. You, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan listening, you want a Super Bowl. You want a championship. You can sit here. You're six coaches deep with a seventh coach. If you want to hire Kellen Moore, is Kellen Moore the answer? No, because here's the thing. Wade Phillips fired. Listen, Jerry Jones fired Wade Phillips thinking that Jason Garrett was going to be the guy. So he fired Jason Garrett. He brings in Mike McCarthy. This is a pattern. It's a pattern. Think about this. Shane Gailey, Dave Campo, they were assistants. They were coordinators on this team. So was Wade Phillips. Listen. I'm going to say this to put a button on this. At the end of the day, this is all about accountability. Jerry Jones should sit there and blame his team, which rightfully so. But at the end of the day, this team is not going to go any further if you don't let the people that you entrusted, that you hired, coach. Now, am I saying if, if he let Jason Garrett coach David Super Not saying that. But I'm saying that you can hire people who know more about the game. Bill Parcells did. Outside of Jason Garrett, Bill Parcells may be your most successful coach before you hire Mike McCarthy. In fact, he's the most, Bill Parcells was the most successful coach that he's hired, that he hired before taking the job. I'm not talking about Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones was the head coach of the Miami Hurricane. But my, at the time of the hiring, Bill Parcells knew football. He turned around franchises. And that didn't work. And I said, this team's not going to win a championship. So here we are. That was, that was by the way, that was three coaches ago. Firing Mike McCarthy's not the answer. You can try to trade. Oh, let's trade Amari Cooper. Let's trade. The, no. Until Jerry Jones takes a step back. You, and let the people you pay do their job. Get a general manager. Because you don't, the Steelers don't have this problem. Okay. The Duga Pagers didn't have this problem. I want them to be successful. When the Dallas got more of them successful, the league, it's just like the NBA. Why do we talk about the Lakers? You know, we talk about teams in big markets. Let's the Lakers and NBA, the Dodgers. We talk about Chicago. We talk about. New York. We want them to be and in Dallas. We want we want things to be successful. The reason why it's not su- successful in Dallas is because of Jared Jones. And once fans pick up on that, the better. And speaking of the better, well, I before I say anything else, 
I better get out of here. And then we're out of time for this episode of the Sports and the World Podcast. Once again, check out the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And until you hear me again, I'm Ladarius. Be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe from all of us here from the Sports and the World Podcast.